We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday show, so we're excited to be back with you guys for another episode of the podcast. Andrew, how you doing? Uh, really, really great. Obviously, would rather be previewing the Packers NFC Championship matchup <laughs> this week, but that didn't seem to be in the cards this season. Uh, so there's other things to get excited about, right? Like, we get to start taking a look at the draft. We have the Senior yeah, Bowl coming up, yeah. which is wild yes. that we're at this point in the year already. Uh, the Conference Championship Games this weekend, which you and I will talk about a little bit later yeah. in the show. And uh, just a lot of really cool things going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a good time of the year, regardless of the situation we find ourselves in as Packers fans. But we do have some news that we kind of wanted to start the show off with. Uh, today and that is this is this is exciting stuff it's breaking the internet it's all so much fun uh, <laughs> nathaniel hackett was announced as the new offensive coordinator for those new york 
Jets. Okay, so we get the news. We knew that they had an opening, didn't know what direction they were going to go. Of course, we have all, you know, the idea that it could be a place where Aaron Rodgers could land. And then this news. So let me ask you, Andrew, what is your reaction to Nathaniel Hackett landing in New York? Yeah, this is really interesting to me because it did seem like Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur had a pre-existing relationship where when LaFleur got hired, he basically immediately brought in Hackett. Yeah. And then you have Robert Sala, Matt LaFleur's best friend, having to fire his brother and then (laughs) bringing in Hackett, who was probably pretty close with Matt LaFleur. So, yeah, Yeah, this is a bizarre situation. Um, I'm guessing when you're in the coaching fraternity, maybe these things are a little bit easier to understand because, uh, you know, you know your job is on the line each and every season. So maybe that is, um, I I think it's a really good hire. Nathaniel Hackett obviously was very good as offensive coordinator, wasn't necessarily the play caller in Green Bay, but I think, you know, Hackett, showed some inexperience as a head coach for sure that did not go up very well in Denver (laughs) but I'm thinking you know getting to go into New York uh, with a whole bunch of offensive weapons and then probably some different kind of solution at quarterback is going to lead to more success for Hackett. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it's a good hire for the Jets. And we saw, uh, we know that Hackett had a lot of influence over what the Packers did in the red zone when he was with Green Bay. And we obviously felt the fall off there. I don't know that that was, you know, 100% the same reason, but obviously his influence was great when he was in Green Bay. I'm with you. Uh, some awkward conversations, though, right, between those that group <laughs> of friends. And really, I mean, I don't know. Like, does, does Robert Sala make that hire without seeking his best friend's counsel like or does he have to make that hire without seeking his best friend's counsel because of their like obviously it it sounds like Lafleur could have potentially brought him in Matt said as much that like it's not something that he would rule out so it's almost it's a competition there and then obviously the elephant in the room is the Rogers thing so interesting to know how many conversations they had or didn't have throughout that process and what the wisdom was and what the hey don't hire my guy was uh, but we will probably never know those things. Obviously, hey, it, what what you say? I was gonna say, Kyle, where, did did Coach Sala make any interesting quotes today at all? You know, uh, it was interesting. He did say, and again, this is blowing up on the Twitter feed, so there's some context here. Um, when you listen to the interview, it's not as oh my gosh is what it seems, but he said that they are committed to bringing in a veteran quarterback. Okay, they said throughout the process of interviewing all these offensive coordinators, they had those conversations. Said, hey, we are gonna make it a priority to bring in a vet. Now he did say that no names were mentioned in that process, but I think everybody knows that it would be crazy to think that Rodgers is not in the mix of things that they may want to pursue. So just interesting. Oh, 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 Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that that's one. who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assumed when you said veteran quarterback, no names that we were talking about Joe Flacco. Oh yeah. Joe. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I haven't been on Twitter <laughs> at all today. So I, I guess, you know, I, I didn't, didn't make that connection, but you know, it, it's, it's interesting to me when thinking about the, the jet situation, there's, there's kind of a, it, it, a little bit of a, like, polarizing thought process here number one for Aaron Rodgers does he want to play in New York at all because 
it is a cold weather place and we know Rodgers has not performed particularly well in the cold. Now, does he come out and admit that? I don't know. Does he feel like the Jets roster is far enough along for him to make a push towards the Super Bowl? Does he want to be in a division where he's going to have to play against the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins four times uh, a season plus the New England Patriots, who are a- at least a solid team. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, like, does he want to deal with the New York media? Um, yeah, and yeah. and I think all of those things would push me away from thinking Rodgers would be interesting in going to the Jets. And obviously Rodgers carries a lot of leverage because he can always say that he's going to retire. The alternative side of that is that they do have a lot of really interesting young weapons. They have a yep. decent amount of cap space, so they could at least bring in his friends and maybe some additional <laughs> weapons. I think the offensive line is pretty solid. They're probably a guard or two away um, from having a really good offensive line, depending on if Makai Becton can come back healthy. And and I think, you know, the weapons there, Garrett Wilson, I you know, I, the rest of the receiving court kind of average, but Wilson looks like a star in the making. They have solid tight ends in Azama and um, the former Vikings tight end Conklin. Yeah. Tyler Conklin. Um, And then of course a a stable of running backs. You expect Brees Hall to come back at some point. He looked absolutely fantastic. You have Michael Mm -hmm. Carter um, and then you have Zonovan Knight. And so uh, a lot of weapons for, for Rogers to work with there. They have the draft capital to make it happen. They have an owner who seems really eager to do it. Mm -hmm. If I'm the Packers, I, and, and Aaron Rodgers does decide that he's going to come back and play, but maybe not in Green Bay. I would maybe I, I would give him the opportunity to pick a few teams, right? We're not going to limit this to one because that hurts your trade leverage. But say, okay, Aaron, where would you be okay going? And then work with those teams, create a bidding war. And then, you know, I, I think the draft packages that are being floated, um, most of them are actually pretty realistic. I've always thought that it would take multiple ones. Even if you're talking one year, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the players being floated are ridiculous. But, uh, you know, from a draft compensation standpoint, I think they're they're relatively sane. So I, we'll have a lot of time to talk about that. But what what, what did you think? Kyle. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's interesting to look around the NFL and look at all the places that need a new quarterback. And there's just not a lot of situations that are significantly better than what's in Green Bay. So that's going to be, I mean, I think you can make the argument that the Jets may have a leg up on the Packers, but it's close. Like, right, like Christian Watson and Garrett Wilson, like, okay, maybe you give the edge to Wilson. I don't know. Like, it's it's tough in those regards at the running back position, Aaron Jones versus the, the young stable that they have. So I don't know that it's like, oh, he automatically steps into a much better position there. Although the defense is probably where you're going to, you know, potentially get a, get a bump. So it'll be interesting to see what Rodgers finds attractive, what he's willing to do. And as he sees this coming together, he's not blind to, like, his friend Hackett going to New York what his mind is doing and what he's preparing for. So we'll find out, you know, in the weeks and months ahead. But um, until then, it's just going to be internet rumors. It's going to be talking trade compensation. It is interesting. The Jets fans are pretty much resigned to the fact that if they get Rodgers, it's going to cost at least a first and a second. And I think Packers fans kind of feel like, you know, a first and a second or at least or maybe two firsts. So it'll be interesting to see what that compensation comes in at. But when you start throwing around the phrase, we're committed to bringing in a veteran quarterback, and you know 
if you're the Packers and you know who it is that they want and you can maintain some leverage somehow, I, it's hard for me to imagine that they can, you know, not come out of this with a couple picks that are pretty impactful. Absolutely. And I think you hit on something really important there. Not only the situation, not only the geography, um, but I, I do think it's really important for Aaron Rodgers to go to a situation where the coaching staff is what he wants. Um, and when you have, you know, control as a veteran player, especially one as accomplished as Aaron Rodgers, you you deserve that. Mm-hmm. And so I know Aaron Rodgers has a ton of respect for Nathaniel Hackett. I know he knows that he's going to run an offense that he's familiar with and can be successful in. What does he think of Robert Sala? I don't think we totally know, but I have to imagine, given how much Rodgers really liked the energy of Matt LaFleur coming in, um, mm-hmm. that that like pumped up defensive like run on the field and slap your players Robert Sala would have to be something that Rodgers would be really interested in so we don't know but um it's it's gonna make for a really interesting offseason in the NFC North it is all right nice transition there I should have played that off as smooth as it was and just kept going but nice work there all right so if you've been listening to us on Fridays you know that we're kind of in the middle of a little mini series right now where we're taking the temperature around the NFC North we always talk about what these teams do the rivals of the Packers later in the offseason and respond to their moves but right now we're projecting we're taking a look ahead to say okay what are the big changes that are coming how can we expect the north to look different and so uh, the last couple weeks have been fun we've taken a close look at the lions and the bears Um, again talking about what's ahead for those teams the next couple months but today we are focusing on the Vikings. They are, of course, clinging to that division banner right now, uh, but there's a lot of change coming for this Minnesota team this offseason. So I think this is going to be another interesting exercise, Andrew, to look ahead and project what Minnesota is going to do to work out uh, so many questions surrounding their roster this offseason. So let's jump right in here and look at what free agency might look like for the Minnesota Vikings this year. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with the Bears and Lions, given how much room they have, and and came yeah. out with a pretty optimistic viewpoint. This is going to look different today as a conversation. The Vikings entered the offseason with negative $13.1 million in cap space, um, but... You know, there's always wiggle room within these contracts and base salary restructures of guys like Brian O'Neill, Harrison Smith, Darius Smith, and Delvin Cook. They're going to save the Vikings $29.4 million and then bring them to $14.7 million under the cap. They can also create a little bit more wiggle room by trading and or cutting Adam Thielen, depending on how valuable they think he should be on the, the roster. They can also restructure that contract. Sure. It's about the same amount of money either way. Um Some cuts like linebacker Jordan Hicks, uh, guard Chris Reed, some pretty easy cuts for them to make could free up some additional room. But the most that I could get to is $27.5 million being very fiscally responsible. So most of that is going to be eaten up by the draft and then any re-signings that they need to make. And speaking of re-signings, the Vikings have some pretty serious key free agents. Defensive lineman Delvin Tomlinson, cornerback Patrick Peterson, center Garrett Bradbury, kicker Greg Joseph, cornerback Chandon Sullivan, tight end Irv Smith, and running back Alexander Madison. All right, so the big name there, and the one that I would expect the Vikings to prioritize is Dalvin Tomlinson, but he's not going to be cheap. So I don't know if bringing him back is 
super realistic. You did all the math on those figures, and it doesn't sound like there's a ton of money to work with. But the rest of the names on that list are, are pretty replaceable, right? Like, especially considering the financial situation that they find themselves in, you kind of got to make, you know, take your losses where you have to. And it's interesting, the internet chatter is always so obsessed with Kirk Cousins that not many have talked about how old this Vikings team is and how it's aging. Harrison Smith has been there forever. Dalvin Cook isn't old, but he's old for a running back, right? Adam Thielen, you mentioned, is probably past his prime. He's on the decline. And this is a new GM in Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. These are not his guys. So I do kind of wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a reset here in Minnesota. Uh, they're not going to go into a full rebuild, real, real, sorry, rebuild mode, uh, especially after they just won the division, right? They feel like they're close, which is very debatable. We've talked about regression there. Uh, but you do wonder if this is going to be a much younger team as they enter 2023. Um, and so one way you get younger, Andrew is through the draft. So let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft and what picks Minnesota has to work with this year. All right, deep breath here. This might take a while. Uh, The Vikings have their own first-round pick, which is supposed to be 24th, but due to the forfeiture of the Miami Dolphins, it's actually the 23rd overall selection. The Vikings have a third-rounder, number 87. They have a fourth-rounder and a fifth-rounder. That's it. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. Third, fourth, fifth. No, um, the Vikings are currently projected to receive two sixth rounders as compensatory picks. So if they do get that, then they will have six picks overall. Um, But a first, a third, a fourth, a fifth. And then if they get the comp picks that are projected, they'd have two sixths. Two sixth round picks is a good time. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this will easily be the smallest draft class that the Vikings have had in years. And this was just really interesting to me when I saw it this week. Even with those compensatory picks that they're you know, projected to get, this is going to be their smallest class they've had in forever. In 2022, they made 10 selections. In 2021, they made 11. In 2020, they had 15 selections in the draft. In 2019, they selected 12 players. It's kind of wild. They have drafted 48 rookies to their team in the past four drafts. And I know that the hit rate on draft picks is pretty low. So especially as you get later in the draft, having extra picks does increase your chances of finding good players. But it's just interesting because clearly there's not a team in the league that can add that much youth to a roster and keep that much youth in a roster over the span of four years. It's just not possible or sustainable so at the at the same time you kind of expect this roster especially the depth of the roster to be in a little bit better shape given all of those selections but that's just not really the case Um, it's just strange that they didn't do more trading up in the draft during those years Uh, instead recently we've seen them trading down uh, to even with revision rivals, right, Green Bay and Detroit, to acquire more picks. Uh, It's just a curious process and a trend for Minnesota. Uh, But this year is going to be different. So all that laying the land, this is going to be a different year. Like you said, unless they do trade back again, second-year GM Mensa is going to have just six picks to work with entering this 2023 draft. And as we've laid out, there are a ton of needs on this roster. He's going to have to hit on those picks if he's going to fill those holes. Yeah, that's going to be absolutely crucial. Um, And so now we transition into the what would we do section of 
our analysis where we get to pretend to be the Vikings GM. That's so much fun for us. <laughs> um, and and just really analyze, like, what direction could this team potentially go in the offseason? And, like, really, Kyle, the more I looked at this, the more I thought the Vikings are just a team that's in a really tough spot. They can use all of their resources to largely run it back with just a few more holes on the roster that they might lose in free agency. And I promise you, this is the number one team in the league when it comes to expected regression. It doesn't mean they're going to be worse, but you would expect them to be because having double-digit one-score wins is not only unheard of in an NFL record, but it is completely unsustainable. They can hope that they get the same healthy season from their offense and that offense continues to be really, really good. And the defense goes from bad to average. I just don't know what else you do if you're the Vikings. You can't completely rebuild. Your contracts don't allow that. And you can't really add anything else without completely destroying the future. So if I'm going to give them a run it back strategy, this is what I would do. I would make the moves I mentioned earlier to get to the 20 to 29 point whatever million dollars in cap space. I would use that money to bring back center Garrett Bradbury. Spot track is projecting him at about 11 and a half per. And then Delvin Tomlinson, who is projected, I thought this was a little low, but eight and a half million. I'll trust spot track. So combined, that's going to eat up quite a bit of that room, right? Mm-hmm. Combined, it's, it's 20 million, but honestly, sure. you're signing for a few years. So it's a little bit less than that. They need to do everything they can to get the extension done with Justin Jefferson this offseason before it becomes even more expensive. And then I think you have to let everybody else walk just because of cap space. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I think you're right. I actually think that that makes a ton of sense. I was surprised by the Dalvin Tomlinson number and I 
for me, Garrett Bradbury is a tough re-sign just because we know how Kenny Clark is beat up on him, but that doesn't speak to his success across other games uh, throughout the NFL. So uh, interesting. It's interesting to hear Coach O'Connell and the GM there in Minnesota discuss how the next phase for this franchise is establishing a championship culture where it is the expectation that they will win the North every season. But as Andrew said, this team is primed for regression. It's hard to see how this team will be better in 2023 just from a roster standpoint. But I do agree that we will see an aggressive attempt to run it back. Uh, we've been hard on the Vikings, right? We always are. We just don't really enjoy them very much. Uh, but the one thing that I think is really promising for this team is the play of their offensive line. The offensive line has been a problem for them for years. And for the first time, it kind of feels like that room is relatively settled and stable. We talked about Garrett Bradbury. He's potentially your only loss there. And I'm not sure you lose sleep over that happening. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe I don't appreciate him as much as I should. So if it's me, I'm looking to lean into my offensive line, my other three essential pieces on offense. And I'm going to say Kirk Cousins, TJ Hawkinson, and Justin Jefferson are those guys. You do everything you can to lock up Jefferson, like you said. Make sure he's your present. Make sure he's your future and he's on this team. But then everything else on offense is kind of negotiable. Um, if it helps you financially, you move on from Thielen. You can even move on from a player of Dalvin Cook's caliber if you need to. Uh, but you have to reinvest that money into help for your defense if you can do that. Um, you can win games with Kirk Cousins at quarterback as much as we kind of make fun of him. But you're not going to put up 31 points every single week. So you've got to improve your defense and give your offense a chance because of that help that they're getting from the other side of the ball. So a full run it back mentality is probably a mistake. Uh, you've got to turn some of your aging vets in their cap space into help for you on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and then we take a look at what we would do in the draft. And, you know, fortunately for the Vikings, this is shaping up to be a really good cornerback draft class. I love the idea of them getting somebody like Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, Keely Ringo, Cam Smith um, at pick 24, especially to replace Patrick Peterson, because in my scenario, let him walk, maybe he decides mm. to retire, who knows. Um, I think a wide receiver is another option with Thielen's decline. Um, what they do at wide receiver, if they invest early or not, I think that will say a lot about what they think about K.J. Osborne. Do they mm -hmm. view him as a number two or do they view him as a number three? Mm -hmm. The problem is this defense just really needs help now. And, you know, you laid out before with the lack of picks, the Vikings have to seriously consider trading down. But with only four picks, really, you know, like projecting six picks total with the comp picks, sliding into the mid-second and picking up an extra third would be really helpful. The problem is you need help now. And this may or may not project to be a very deep, class and you might not be able to get that impact player in the middle of the second round so you need help now the sacrifice is going to be depth which you're already cutting into with the free agency departures and you just came off a season where you're really really healthy and if that doesn't occur again and you've eaten away at the depth you could be flirting with a catastrophe in 2023 yeah, you're right. Not having that second round pick makes the draft a little bit more tricky for Minnesota. It's just a you drop all the way down to that third round is going to be tough. But if I'm doing my best to fix the defense with some veterans, 
I'm happy to draft some young offensive talent here. So if they let players like Cook and Thielen go, I don't know if that happens, but I could see them adding an impact wide receiver, like you said. Um, if Addison were to fall, I think that that would be a great pickup to complement Justin Jefferson. And then I think uh, there are going to be some really talented running backs available later, like in the third round where they're at. If you wanted to restock the running back room, especially even if Cook is on the roster, maybe you look you know, past this next season. Someone like Tank's Big- Tank Bigsby from Auburn could be a good fit there. Uh, the reality is that the Vikings are going to have more holes to fill and they just don't have the money. They don't have the draft pick. So it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate those decisions and where they choose to focus their attention. Okay. Now we've wrapped up our conversation on the NFC North uh, projected offseason, minus the Packers, but everybody else yeah. is talking about the Packers <laughs> yeah, offseason. Yeah. I just want to get your thought on an idea that crossed my mind. Okay. And that is, could the NFC North next year be a division where all four teams finish between 7-10 and 10 and 10-7? and 7? So what I'm talking about here okay. is All right. we don't know, do, do the Packers get a lot better? Probably not. Do they maybe stumble through a year if if we're projecting Jordan Love as the quarterback? Um, do they maybe have that kind of middling season like the Packers did in Aaron Rodgers' first season in Green yeah. Bay? Or as a starter in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Do the Vikings regress like we're projecting? Do the Lions kind of continue to get better, but maybe not take that next leap because they may have, um, you know, overachieved a little bit this year. And then we talk, I I think the bears are the wild card there, right? Like how are they going to spend $120 million of cap room plus have all this premium draft capital? Mm -hmm. Could they potentially be a sleeper to maybe finish like a seven and 10? Was that a question? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. You got me thinking. Like, this is a great question um, because I think it is, right now, it's a mediocre division with a lot of emerging talent. And I think it's going to be a really fun one to watch over the next couple of years, you know, half decade, just to see how it all pans out. Um, No, I think it's totally possible. I would expect the Lions, honestly, right now, probably to end up towards the top of that range and that you know, 10 to set 10 and seven range, probably if they're, if they're there, I think the Packers are kind of in the middle, maybe regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, I think you have to give a little bit of grace to Jordan love if it's a developmental year for him, but I just, and I know that people throw stones at me for saying this, but I don't know that I don't know that the outcome of a lot of games, maybe a couple, not a lot of games were that different if Jordan Love was the starter this year instead of Aaron Rodgers. And that's assuming that it's in the positive direction. I think there are other instances where like maybe it would have gone a little bit differently in a positive direction if Jordan Love was the quarterback. So I think, yeah, like right in the middle there of a 500 record is totally possible. Um, The Vikings, I think they'll regress. I think maybe into that range of like, an eight win team. I think the bears, you're right. Are the, are the question mark here? I, that would be the one that I think getting to seven wins is very possible for the bears. I think saying six feels low, right? But that's assuming, you know, you get a full year of health from Justin Fields. That's assuming a pretty drastic improvement on defense. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting question, and I think it's a, it paints a picture accurately of probably what we should expect going into 2023 from this division. 
So just a thought that crossed my mind. But anyways, uh, <laughs> we we did want to preview the two conference championship games before we got out of here. And so we, we've we been doing a segment the last couple of weeks, playoff matchups to watch. Well, there's only two, so I assume <laughs> you're going to pick the one that I don't. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, you know, the NFC championship game, obviously the Eagles and 49ers. It's fascinating to me because I think everyone just expects the Eagles to walk through the 49ers. Maybe not everybody, but it, that seems to be a consensus. Yeah. Um, and it will be really interesting to see if the Eagles can score against the San Francisco defense because they're just so elite and they're playing at the top of their game right now. Yeah. Uh, between Bosa and Warner and uh, Hufanga and, I mean, my goodness, their linebackers are just everywhere. Yeah. But I do believe <laughs> the Eagles can get into the 20s, which is still a pretty good performance by the defense. but. I think that would be able to beat a 49ers team that's really struggled to put up yeah. points. As you saw it last week against Cowboys, Brock Purdy is getting a lot of credit. And in fairness, he's playing at an unexpected level for any rookie quarterback, much less one drafted at the end of the seventh round. But he's also not playing anywhere near the level of Jalen Hurts. And at some point, you have to think that the streak runs out. The Eagles will probably defend the middle of the field and that pass rush could cause a lot of problems for the rookie. So I do think this game is closer than you you might think. Like, I do think it's maybe a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, but I do think the Eagles pull away at the end and end up winning by multiple scores. Yeah, I I think I agree with you that it's surprising to me that people think that this game has already been played and that the Eagles are going to walk out of this easily, the winners. And maybe it's just because I hate the 49ers and I feel like they have a tendency to to be the spoilers but I do I think they're going to play this team tough they've got a ton of talented uh, weapons and I think that that's going to be a challenge for the Eagles as well um, a lot of people have noted that if there's a weakness in that 49ers team it's probably their secondary and someone like AJ Brown Devonta Smith probably have some success there but it's going to be a fun one I, I think that'll be a good game to watch for sure um, but I did pick the exact same game. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to talk about the other one. Um, let's talk about the AFC. We've got the Chiefs and the Bengals. And this, of course, is a rematch of last year's AFC championship game. We saw the Bengals overcome what was an 18-point deficit in that game to win by three. Um, this might be premature, and I this may sound crazy, but it kind of feels like Mahomes versus Burrow has the chance over the next couple of seasons to be this generation's Brady versus Manning. Oh, no. Are you saying that Josh Allen is Philip Rivers? Oh, no. <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of Philip Rivers-esque, isn't he? Oh, no, that's bad. I, that's all I could think of. I was like, well, then who is Josh Allen? And yeah. then Philip Rivers yeah. stuck in my head. And, uh, oh, no, that can't, that can't be. I like Josh Allen way too oh, much yeah. to have the disappointment of the San Diego Chargers. of yeah. the huge Josh Allen fans. So that would be devastating for him. But, I mean, this could be a match that we watch for for years, and it just seems like this may just be the beginning. But the Bengals are hot right now. Um, If Mahomes comes out and wins this game on a bum ankle, although the video doesn't look like he's dying out there. so But, I mean, that's just going to add to the legend of Patrick Mahomes if he's able to do that. But I expect this Bengals team to come out and be very good on offense and better than Kansas City on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's enough to give Cincy the edge, uh, which would give us a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl if our predictions are correct here. So that would be a lot of fun. I'd enjoy watching that one quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One more quick thing before we get out of here. 
Um, this is something that I, I kind of want to try to incorporate into every week. Obviously, it's hashtag draft season. It is. Um, and so just wanted to ask you, is is there one prospect that you watch this week that you'd just like to share with the viewers? Uh, maybe it's a high-end guy. Maybe it's somebody who's expected to get drafted a little later. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So, hey, first question. Is this... Is this just my segment today, or are you doing one, or are you going to save yours for next I'm going to do one after you. Okay, okay. All right, I don't want to make sure this is going to be fair. All right, off the top of my head, I just watched – okay. So I watched Josh Downs, the North Carolina wide receiver. And Josh Downs is an interesting player. I think I'm going to like him just fine, probably like a third-round slot receiver. Does some really nice things in space, okay? But – I watched Zay Flowers from Boston College, the wide receiver from up there, and Zay Flowers completely ruined Josh Downs for me because, like, they're, like, on paper, they're the same player. Now, they're not, but they're both, like, 5'10", 175, 180. They're small guys, right? But the way that Zay Flowers wins is just kind of special. And I know that this sounds kind of crazy, but for me that there was a little bit of Antonio Brown to Zay Flowers, just the, the movement and space, his ability to gather himself along the sideline, get the feet down, um, also just stop and then redirect his weight uh, in a different direction is something I feel like when you come in a small package like Zay Flowers, I feel like you have to do some of those things at an elite level. And I went into watching Zay Flowers thinking that there were three top tier wide receivers in this class. And now I'm questioning that and wondering if I need to make room for one more because I think he could be a really special player. Um, just a really interesting guy, too, um, off the field. I kind of like digging into some interviews, as we always talk about on the show. Uh, he is one of 13 kids. Uh, he's got 12 siblings, so an interesting path there. And he had an opportunity to transfer to a big program for about 600000 in NIL money, which is a lot for most of us, uh, and he chose to stay there at Boston College. I just wanted to finish what he started, get his degree, and finish with his teammates. So an incredible story as well. So I am, you know, it's early on, but I'm expecting the Zay Flowers will probably be one of my draft crushes this year. Tell me about That's yours. Who did you awesome. watch this week? That's awesome. Like hearing that gets me really excited to go watch Zay Flowers. So I'm going to try to keep the order that I was already going in. Um, but Zay might get bumped up the list if you're not just. You go. I'm going to go with somebody that like most people have heard of. And that is running back B. John Robinson out of Texas. And the reason why is because he just absolutely blew me away when I watched him. I was expecting good things, but not quite as good as what I saw. Mm. Um, you know, when when you talk about somebody who's like six foot 225 is going to run in the four fours maybe even a little bit faster than that you're like okay i know who this guy is he's darren mcfadden he's going to just out athlete everybody he's going to run straight into the the line as fast as he possibly can and then just out muscle you or outrun you that is not Bijan robinson he has incredible patience uh, really good footwork. He lets his blocks get set up and then uses the insane athleticism to do uh, the rest of the work. And and there is a reason why he had an obscene, and I am talking like filthy, can't mention it on air, number of broken <laughs> tackles this season. And he is going to be special. Um, and not only is he fantastic as a runner, but he is really polished as a receiver. I liked his route running a lot. 
so for me, Bijan went from this guy that I was like, some team's going to get a really nice player in the middle of the teens or early 20s to like, this guy should be talked about like Saquon and Ezekiel when he was coming into the draft. And he's just, for whatever reason, not being projected in that same neighborhood. Right. And I don't think you should be taking a, uh, a running back top five anyways. But if those guys did, Bijan deserves to be in that conversation too. He is fantastic. I would hate for the Packers to take a running back in the first round. But if they took <laughs> Bijan, it would ease that considerably. He is special. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes, how high he goes. Um, I've kind of wondered if the Panthers were able to solve some of their quarterback problems via, say, Derek Carr or something like that. If, what do they pick, nine? Like, maybe that would be, like, his ceiling to go to a yeah. place like that. We're trying to replace a player like... You know, McCaffrey leaving town, and you've got now Frank Reich coming in, who's enjoyed a player like uh, Taylor there in Indy. So I just kind of wondered if maybe that's where he could go if he was going to go top 10 or something like that. He's really fun. We could talk about this all day, but uh, unfortunately, that's that's all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find me at Andrew Mertig. We would love if you would subscribe and rate the podcast. It's a great way to support what we're doing 365 days a year. But you can catch Kyle and myself every Friday. And next week, we'll be back with more off-season coverage. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.